。哦。How can I not win? <laughs> That's my question. You like teaching that class, though. You said. I do. I do enjoy it. The readings are tend tend to be provocative. Well, there's one great line here in it. He says, "Never put your happiness outside something you control." Like basically, don't put your happiness in things outside of yourself. Your control. Yeah. Oh well. Well, I have two thoughts on that. <laughs> one is that sounds a little narcissistic, but also, how is that even possible? Like. Because the things outside of us make us happy. There, I mean, we have we have ability to create happiness within ourselves, sure. But like, that'd be like your kids, your wife. Like, yeah, but I think that I think they were like, don't have families. I mean, I think oh, it, it's almost like the it's almost like the Hindu street mystic. Yeah. So yeah, they are kind of talk talking a very radical game of of the fact that that if you if your ultimate happiness is in your job or your house or your mortgage or your neighborhood like that, all that stuff can potentially change very quickly. It can. Um, True. So, so I think that there, that's what he's after. So it's saying that I shouldn't put my happiness in wine and cats because there Correct. might be a blizzard and cats are probably Unless you really evil. control the wine cellar and the, the cat house. <laughs> <laughs> Do the cats have houses? Yeah. If they want they to, one, if they want if they one, want they will. <laughs> cat house. Wow. It might be your house, but yeah. <laughs> cat house. Can you imagine the reek in the cat house? That would be awful. Well, yeah. There's cats spraying everything. <laughs> you have a negative view of cats, and you are a cat person as well. I am. I am. I am. But I'm just picturing like just walls of litter boxes. <laughs> but no, they are good readings. The tyranny of opinion. So I'll bring in a bit of, um, you know, how how Instagram and Facebook and and yeah. although the technology wasn't back then, the the fear people have of judgment and their peers is still around. There was yeah, a, I think there was cool. a post uh, something uh, there not a post well there was a post because I saw it on Facebook sadly this is a bad segue um, mm -hmm. but there was something I think it was in the Washington Post or New York Times that was talking about this generation um, being far more and they always do this don't they like the blanket statements but being more depressed because of the expectations of right. social media. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to look a certain way or have a certain thing, which I think we always had. Because, I mean, you know, fast forward to back in the, should I dare say, 90s when I was young. Like, <laughs> we, you know, we had Teen Beat or whatever. Like, I got those magazines that had, I guess it was just magazines back then. But I guess it's because they're, con I didn't, like, carry around my Jonathan Taylor Thomas Teen Beat magazine in my pocket and just read it every second. And I think maybe that's mm -hmm. the idea. Yeah. Yeah. It was finite in a way that. Well, sure. The images are still there and it still messes up people. Yeah. What they think happiness is. But you have, what what yeah. do you enjoy teaching? What do I enjoy teaching? Um, I was trying to segue. But you we can. Well, I mean, I just wondered because you have, I, I have <laughs> wine and cats. Dr. Taylor has actual human 
people that he has around him mm. as children. Um, but do you think that your kids are sort of, are they too young yet? Or are they starting to be on the cusp of like that sort of face in the machine uh, social media situation? You know, our oldest is on it some, but he's thankfully, he seems to not get too much into it. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like, he, he's kind of, I don't know. He, he seems strangely immune to it. That's great. But the middle one, he, it is great, but the middle one, so he, their team won Battle of the Book, Battle of the Books, which is like a, a kids books trivia thing. And he, he went to go look on Instagram and the kids, he kids 10. So he's much more, I think, I guess it's like anything. Some people are more prone to stuff than others. So yeah. I saw him do that as well as he got mad about a local business. Um, actually, it was the Humane Society, which is a whole other story. But he, <laughs> he wanted to log on and give them a bad review. And, and you think, how, did, <laughs> how do you know that you can do that? Like he was going to flame them online. That's so funny. Like he was wanting tech support for it, so yeah, it's it's definitely <laughs> on the list the one of things. That's like I'm gonna send this steak back. <laughs> Let Something me talk like to your that. manager. <laughs> he is going to. He's gonna get like, the child like, protective just... service. <laughs> what? Child pre- he's gonna like have child protective services haul me in for something. <laughs> it's like he took away my iPad and he puts all the stuff on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I, it's an iPad. Can I give my dad a bad review on the internet? Exactly. That's so funny. Yeah, no, what did they, what did they Go ahead, make my day. <laughs> what did the humane oh, society do that caused so much anger? Or should we not talk about it in public? The anger with the humane society? Yeah. Yeah, it's a longer story. Okay, it's it, it, it. I think the yield is is low. Okay, all those saving of animals, you know, just it's just anger and well, it's more of the adoption <laughs> process. <laughs> We've not had a good record with cat. Well, see, now I'm telling you, I know it's fine. We've not had a good record with cats, and for some reason, my spouse decided to tell them that, which then they said, like, we can't give you any more cats. Oh my god, <laughs> we were fired by the UA Society. <laughs> And of course, the obvious thing is, why did you tell them? them? Why tell them? Like, all you have to say is, have you ever owned a cat? No. <laughs> yeah, we do. And they're all dead We now. should clarify <laughs> that Dr. Taylor lives near a very busy road. He's not just, like, <laughs> descending into witchcraft or anything like that. Correct. Yeah, no, I, I'm far from interesting. So. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That was a way better story than you sold up for, I think, in the See, it's all about managing expectations. It really is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you like what to do teach? What do I like to teach? Um, well, I am teaching a class at the minute on liberation theology. And I really like to teach that class. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. But my actual favorite class to teach is a class that I taught at Edinburgh that I haven't translated yet into Pfeiffer, um, mm-hmm. which was called religion, violence, and peace building. And in some ways that sort of like encompasses a lot of, I mean, th- those are big giant words, but like it encompasses a lot of my research, which is really fun. So like I'm interested in liberation theology and I like reading it, 
but it isn't necessarily what I research. I actually probably research stuff more around religion, violence, and peace building. So it's kind of always fun because when I teach it, uh, that class RVP, um, when I teach it, I always feel like I'm able to update it, like that my research huh. is influencing the content, if that makes sense. And that's sort and it's of great that you're not tired of it. Like no, and I never, yeah, I never get tired of it, you know, and mm. so that's really fun. Um, whereas uh, with liberation theology, it's really just who I've read in the past and maybe who I'm picking up, but it, I just don't have that same sort of connection. And of course, we teach general education courses as well, which are fun, but they're so sort of like if I teach world religions, we spend you know, one week on a religion, which is not like, sure. and that's fine because it's sort of a survey, but with religion, violence and peace building, it's nice because we can actually get into theories of stuff and really analyze theories of peace building and theories of violence and how religion plays into that. And then you also have uh, case studies. So I give them case studies like South Africa and Israel, Palestine and Northern Ireland um places mm -hmm. why did it work here why did it fail there yeah in the american Type south thing. that was something that i've recently added because my research is kind of moving from europe to america for obvious reasons yeah a um, lot cheaper to travel <laughs> yeah <laughs> as my my human self moves um and so yeah so i added that recently this section on the south and this idea of how religion um was so important in terms of the civil rights movement. Um, but it was also really like, sorry, theology was really important to the civil rights movement. And theology was actually really important to anti-civil rights movements. And we mm -hmm. don't, we don't like talking about that too much because then you start saying, well, there's good and bad theology or there's negative and positive theology. And that's sort of, becomes problematic but anyway that was a segue so i like teaching those two classes uh a mm -hmm. lot and liberation theology is mm -hmm. fun at pfeiffer especially like i wasn't sure how that class was going to go down yeah yeah i can understand um because we're not we're not exactly a, a um our, our student population is not real progressive i, I mean i had i don't know maybe i shouldn't say that well, I don't know. They're open to ideas, but we're not a, we're not in California. We're not, and I don't I don't mean that disrespectfully either way. But, no, I think that's a, you know. a really great way to put it is this idea that, you know, we're in the we're in the south. Like, yes, we're in the south and mm -hmm. and, you, rural and, and rural and rural. It's not Houston or Austin or something. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the we're not California. And I think but what I will say is I completely agree with them being open to ideas like I think that was the thing that I really liked about that class is that some of the concepts within liberation theology are not that easy uh, to understand mm -hmm. like uh, the idea of salvation being here on earth as opposed to this sort of heavenly endeavor and it's just sort of counter to what a lot of uh, theologies would teach especially the ones around where we're at so I mean and they were really I mean I would say on board with I mean not on board with and I think but they were listening and open to it and one of the things I think that helps is that and maybe and you find this as well is that because I grew up in Georgia 
and I grew up Southern Baptist. So I feel like when I'm talking to them about this, I kind of know where they're coming from. Some of them, not all of them, Mm -hmm. but like I can say this probably sounds a bit strange because of what we grew up with, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit. Yeah, no, there's an authenticity there. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. And also the way that I present it, which is the way that I presented it in Scotland is here are the ideas. Like here is, you know, Latin American liberation theology. Here's queer theology. Here's feminist theology and black theology. You don't have to agree with any of it, but here's what they said. Here are what these authors Mm -hmm. said. And right. You know, and it's not my opinion. It's not, you know, maybe not Dr. Taylor's opinion or anyone else's opinion, but here is what was said and it exists. And I think that's one of the things that's helped is just saying like, you don't have to like it, but it's there. Mm -hmm. It's on the shelf. Yeah. I use that technique too. And if, if the students were really kind of wanting to push things, they, they could make the point, well, you picked the book or you picked to present the argument. You know, they they could accuse me of dodging the sort of responsibility which would be an absolutely valid point, but most of the time they're not really going to go in that direction. They're not, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're going to kind of be satisfied with the fact of, you know, this is the, this is the idea. And if you don't like it, figure out how you're going to argue against it. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great way to put Yeah. Tell me if you were to challenge this theologian, what would your challenge be? And I think that's, right. it's putting it away from you because you're a facilitator of this information um, as opposed to an advocate of a position. And I think that's sort of really helpful. I mean, they know that we all have our opinions. Like, they know that I'm left of the left. <laughs> I don't think that's, there's any question about that. But falling off that. I'm falling off, falling off that edge there. <laughs> but, like, I, I, don't, I don't think, um, I don't, I, I, if I'm doing my job correctly, that doesn't come across in class overly um sure or you're not going to be threatened by someone who disagrees no i'm which i think is what they're afraid that like you're someone's gonna no yeah have a perspective that they punish others i mean but but what's interesting is that and not just i'm not gonna say that class but in other classes i've taught what's especially in scotland i will say some of the smaller classes is that the students in some ways challenge one another more than they challenge mm-hmm. the professors. And I think I find that a lot with that class is that they tend to start talking to one another. Like they almost forget mm-hmm. I'm there. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Which is helpful, is cool. I think, because, you know, there it's, it's much easier to sort of analyze and criticize information if it's with your peers, I think, as opposed, I actually, it's I'm trying to do more facilitation like that in the U S but I think it's an interesting dynamic. I feel like the Scottish students sometimes were more, you know, Americans have this um, persona of being loud and (laughs) chatty, which we are (laughs) God. (laughs) Eunice, Eunice over here. I got the beans. Like, gosh. First the Duke's mayonnaise. Oh, my word. More juice. I just felt like the first, like, first month I was back, my ears just bled from, like, the sheer volume of our capacity. But actually, what I I think is that 
Yeah, I mean, it's there's there's not too much difference with the students, but I do think they're a little bit more hesitant to discuss things, maybe a little bit more at Pfeiffer. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that's probably fair, and that it, that's interesting that you, you, of course, you've seen both both kind of cultural worlds, but but I do think Americans, in a weird way, can be more polite. Yes. Like saying yes, ma'am, and yep. to people, and and not that it's right or wrong, because sometimes that's a bit of a game. But but um, yeah, the there was definitely in the UK there there were aggressive students over there that yeah. I don't think it would have worked here. Sort of like trying to score points or just going on the attack, and I, I think yeah. that that would have been seen as rude here. So it's I, weird because you think yeah. of the UK as being you know, if you the stereotype is sort of the the sitting room, Henry James, polite, yeah. you know, Lord Wellesley passed the, <laughs> right. But, but in reality, I think Americans are probably more, we, we don't curse in public as much. I mean, on average, I think, <laughs> I think we're, we're more polite in a weird way. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so no, we're, we're strangely more polite Puritan, um, despite the stereotype of the British, you know, parlor or something. Yeah, I think so. And I think the students in some ways care more about they're closer in relationship, I think, to one another because mm. we maybe go to a smaller school um, than the schools I've taught at before. And I think because of that, they're even more polite, I think, which is actually a good reflection on them as humans because they mm -hmm. they they know they actually probably already know where their peers sit because they know their peers, they're snapchatting apparently each other <laughs> 24 7 oh so gosh. they know they know where they sit so i mean it's interesting um but yeah i like i like that class and you're in a city like, setting too i mean this yeah. is rural so yeah so that, i mean that's part of it too any city totally um okay. so those are those are fun and you teach a class on religion in america do you like teaching that cool. class i want to steal you know, it from you that's why i'm asking <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to really enjoy it, and I think I've taught it so much after yeah. a while, you know, that it, it, I do see why people change up books. So um, it, it is good. It, it's interesting how many stereotypes people have, though, of, of you know, America is a Christian nation, is founded on the Bible, and it's always fun to say, well, you know, show me in the Bible where it has American principles, and you, and you see them start to realize but then it's frustrating too that by the end of the semester, there's still people that just they've forgotten or they skip class or they don't they still don't get it that that you really can't there isn't a biblical precedent for America. Yeah. Like they've just yeah. heard stuff that they repeat and you try to point out, you know, that that we can't be a Christian nation. There's been Jews here since the sixteen hundreds. I mean, yeah. no one's kicking them out in America. So you can't you know, it, it, it sort of I don't yeah there's a little frustration there I guess in some ways for me with that class too yeah and you're um because I, I yeah go ahead no no that's all okay and your um tragedy class though is that your is that the one you feel like is influenced by your research because you have this lo plug lovely plug for your new book lovely plug. I know it <laughs> It's selling crazy. Oh my gosh, flying out. You're basically Harry like Potter. Like maybe 10 or 12. I mean, it's huge, <laughs> huge astronomical. I know. Uh, we work with um, 
another uh, professor who's recently published and he said something like, um, I don't, he said he is, he just published a new book and he was like, I don't know how it's selling and I, or is about to publish. I don't know how it will sell some conversation related mm-hmm. to that. And I said, don't, just don't look. <laughs> I was like, yeah, none of our right. books sell. I was like, we're just, we're just putting them out there. Just putting those ideas out there into the ether. It's know? mostly libraries. It is. And that's okay. <clears throat> it is mostly libraries. But uh-huh. yeah, that, that is informed by research, but I think in some ways it hurts me because I'm been reading it for so long. I'm yes. not very good at translating it to undergrads. Yes. And that's on me, not them, because if, you know, I mean, I, it, 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 it's just hard to, it's hard to keep things simple. Yeah. I find that too. You can, you can, I, I remember I said something, we were talking about Palestinian the all, uh, liberation theology. And I was like, well, you all know the situation in Israel, Palestine or something like that. And it was like, or, you know, no one truly knows that situation, but you know, some of the mm-hmm. history, right. And uh, it was just sort of like blank stare. Like, and what? I had, yeah. Or South Africa or something like that. And I had that in Scotland. It's not a U.S. thing. I had that as well. And then I realized I needed to incorporate the history into uh, a discussion. And I, I sort of realized, just like you said, is that I think I've read it so much, some of this stuff so much that I, mm-hmm. yeah, you lose the ability to translate it sometimes because you just assume that everybody else has spent stupid hours <laughs> reading yeah about yeah. random and it's stuff. just and you see so many patterns and you know it, it, tr- trying to help them understand that the, the the greek tragedians were before jesus and aren't christian i mean it, it's not their fault they don't know that and if they're not familiar with thinking yeah you know like like it, you know you have to get your head around that that they're in this pagan world and and it's it's very different yeah. So it, it's no one's fault, but it's just also like, oh my gosh, <laughs> once yes. upon a time, there was a place called Athens <laughs> a long time ago. It's like, oh, how far back? Yeah. We... Oh, but that's the question. Yeah. How far back do you go? Like how? How far back and how many times do you have to go through it and try to get them? But again, I, when I was an undergrad, I remember that too. Yeah. I was just kind of like, wait a minute, how do you say this word? And who is this person? And what do you mean that there weren't protestants before the reformation like you you just sort of you just kind of assume things are always been this way yeah it's hard to it is there and i think that's it's one of these things where i've always said this is that you know you get a phd and you maybe get a job fingers crossed and suddenly you're expected just because you were either resilient or clever or whatever to get a phd that you are a teacher you know like that there's this thing where it's like now you can teach like I never took Mm -hmm. I mean I had to at Glasgow we had a thing called the PGCAF which was where we did have to take teaching stuff and get evaluated Mm -hmm. but that's not everybody like they just we get a PhD and they're like okay now you can translate you can you can be an educator Right. right and I just find that very shocking in some ways like that there's this idea that you know there's people that get degrees in education (laughs) like but we just research this one very small topic for however many years and then we somehow are given permission to educate it is weird it is it is a strange assumption 
but then I also sometimes think, can you really teach someone how to do this? I mean, everyone's different. Like you, you kind of, I don't know. It's sort of like preaching and other things that you only learn by experience and Mm. being open and and you don't want everyone to do it the same. So you want, like, you kind of want different styles, like somebody teaching themselves to play piano, like people do it. And, and, um, I, I don't know, because I, I think of having to take a class on how to teach. That sounds awful, partly. I'm being selfish. Well, it was, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, I, what I will say about the PG cap is that, or any, uh, it's almost like when I tell people to Google things, it's like any search engine, any academic right, right. degree that you have to get, <laughs> um, is that it's basically professors teaching professors to teach, which mm-hmm. inherently there's pushback because we're all, we all have flavors of narcissism and right. <laughs> like self-righteousness and stubbornness. And so what happens is, is that, I mean, like we had to get evaluated in our teaching styles by someone who was on the same level as us. And uh, I was very lucky that my person was, uh, very nice and but also uh, you know helpful but I think there's a pushback against that in some ways where mm-hmm. we you know it's yeah it's it's tough to teach an old dog new tricks I'll say and like once you've gotten to that point in your career you're thinking now I have to go and learn how to teach even though I'm already teaching that was the kind of irony that's weird yeah that is weird. yeah and also, we don't like to be criticized, I think. No one does, but yeah. I think especially yeah. we don't. And so um, it's, it was a weird experience. Um, I got some good things out of it, so, but I, I wouldn't, I don't know how it would trans, I'm trying to imagine how it translate at our school. I'm not sure how it would go. <laughs> right, so was it part of your degree or was it part no. of so it was a it was a postgraduate certificate so it was required for all new members of staff that we get this like two-year postgraduate certificate in academic practice um Uh and we had to like take classes and go to class and like uh write papers like i still have a portfolio of like teaching philosophies and things like that so I'm hyper aware that you're about to have to go. I'm just looking at. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that. So this is this is great. Yes. And um, next time we can talk about we need to start Rev season three. Oh yes, we do. We can, um, but this is great to talk about favorite classes yes. to teach, and also we're on the iTunes. So I'm very excited. Yay! It's only taken like that three is all months. All Dr. Taylor, I will say. Well, I don't know how it got so messed up, but it finally. And part of it is you don't know there's a problem till after two months and then it doesn't like they don't tell you it just disappears yeah. there's not feedback but we are on the apple podcast itunes network Woo. now which is awesome so like us subscribe to us uh find us on your favorite podcast player of choice and i'm about to get twitter crazy so you can follow us on twitter i've been not twitter crazy but it will happen twitter it's going on slash theology is so and I, I am Kevin Taylor. I'm Leah Robinson. See you later. Hello? <laughs> what are you doing?
Hello. I'm here. Can you not hear me? 